Sirik is a deity who desires more power. Through his lies and treachery, he now stands as one of the most powerful Faerunian gods. His mind is a twisted, mad thing, and it is hard to say just what dark and deranged plots he is hatching. I am Ben Dignan, and welcome once again to Religion in the Realms. Titles. Some of the titles Sirik goes by are The Prince of Lies, The Dark Sun, The Prince of Madness, The Black Sun, and The Mad God. Portfolio and Domains Sirik's portfolio was at his largest immediately following the time of Troubles, but over the years his portfolio has become smaller. Deities were reborn and those portfolios Sirik stole were returned to their former owners. At his height, Sirik's portfolio included Murder from Ball, Strife from Bane, Lies, Intrigue from Mask, Deception, Illusion from Libra, and Death from Mirkul. Presently, though portfolios are not stated in any 5th edition sources, I would say Sirik's portfolio now only consists of Lies and Deception. Clerics of Sirik are suggested to take the trickery domain in 5th edition. Appearance and Manifestations Sirik and his avatar usually take the form of a thin human man with eyes black as night and skin pale as snow. Sirik wields a magic longsword that he calls Razor's Edge. As a deity, Sirik can reach out with his senses to a distance of 17 miles or over 27 kilometers. If his name or one of his titles are invoked, or anything religiously tied to him is within this 17 mile range, he can sense it without issue. No falsehood or lie goes unnoticed by Sirik, and he can easily recall a memory of it 170 days later. Sirik is capable of producing any magic item that helps in deception and lies or any magic weapon that will be used to kill. It is said that Sirik's avatar will not leave the surface of Torrell without having killed at least one person. Sirik might take on one of the following three manifestations. The first being a bloody wraith in a person's dreams. The second being a cloud of toxic and poisonous smoke and the final and third being a whirling dark cloud of human skulls. Personal History In the long and storied history of the Forgotten Realms, Sirik is a fairly new deity. Sirik once was a mortal born to a lower class mother in Zentel Keep. He was sold into slavery, but eventually escaped and fell in with a thieves guild. Later on in his life, Sirk adventured alongside two other mortals, Kalemvor and Midnight, who would go on to become deities themselves. In 1358 Dale Reckoning, the time of troubles was in full swing. Most gods took the form of a humanoid avatar when they were brought down to the surface of Torrell during this period. An alliance was hatched between the deities Mirkul and Baal to go out and find the Tablets of Fate. Ball found one of the tablets and captured Sirik's adventuring companion, Midnight. 
At this time, the deity of Mask adopted the form of a sword known as God's Bane. This was unusual compared to the other deities who had adopted humanoid forms. Sirk was able to procure God's Bane and with it slew Baal at Borskir Bridge. Sirk took in some of Baal's divine essence and portfolio at this time. Sirk's former companion, Midnight, killed Mirkul, which left the portfolio of death vacant for a time. Elsewhere, Bane was slain by Torm in battle. Shortly after, Eo gave Bane's and Mirkul's portfolio over to Sirik after Sirik tricked him with the Tablets of Fate. After achieving status as a deity, Sirik made a point of seeking out the deity Lyra and murder her with God's Bane. As a result, Sirik absorbed Lyra's portfolio over illusion. Upon discovering that Sirik had subsumed the positions and portfolios of Baal, Bane, Lyra, and Mirkul, these deities' former worshippers reacted very differently. The majority of the worshippers of Baal regard Sirik as a newly risen form of Baal and retain most of their principles and customs. A rift occurred between the followers of Bane as some denied Sirik staying true to Bane while others readily started following Sirik. Regardless, the Bane holdouts were still being granted spells by Sirik due to Sirik's desire to keep up this facade. The changeover from Mercule to Sirik for Merculean worshippers was met with ambivalence. Followers of Lyra went on mostly without cause or concern, believing Lyra's death to have been an illusion or deception on the part of their goddess. In 1361 Dale Reckoning, after Sirik's ascension, in an attempt to solidify his reign over Bane's portfolio and former followers, Sirik called for a purge of the existing Bane holdouts. In an event known as the Bane Death, or the First Bane Death, the Church of Sirik attempted to destroy all temples and holy sites of Bane in Faerun. Notably at Zental Keep, the hammer fell hardest. Still, pockets of Bane worship remained and were aided by the emergence of Yaktu Zim, the son of Bane, down in Faerun. Seven years later, in 1368 Dale Reckoning, after the first Bane death, Sirik ordered for Zental Keep to be destroyed outright in the second Bane death. The keep stood, but not after it had been sieged by giants and dragons. In an attempt to further his influence, gain more worshippers, and thus grow in power, Sirik created the Serenishad. The Shrinashad is both an evil and magical tome that enchants the reader. The enchanted reader believes Sirik to be the most important being in the universe and serves Sirik against their will. The deity Mask read from the Shrinashad and lost some of his portfolio as a result to Sirik. Though Mask was able to shake off this insanity eventually, he lost a sizable amount of his divine power. A real problem arose when Sirik went and read the Serenishad himself. He was driven mad and became delusional to the point of seeing himself as the center of the universe. Sirik abandoned the portfolio of death during his madness and it was subsumed by Kalemvor. The true life of Sirik was a strong magical tome created by Ogma and penned by other good aligned deities to counteract the effects of the Serenishad. 
It tells the true story of Sirik's life free from the maddening influence, lies, and enchantment of the Shrinashad. During a trial amongst the Faerunian deities, Sirik's ability to govern his portfolios were called into question. At this time, Sirik's madness was reason enough for Sirik losing the portfolio of strife to Bane's son, Yaktuzim. It was at this same trial, a chosen follower known as Malak al-Sami read from the true life of Sirik on the witness stand and cured Sirik of his insanity. Eventually, Bane would burst forth out of his son Yaktuzim and return to the Faerunian pantheon once more. Fourteen years later, Sirik, aided by Shar, sought out and killed Mistra in Mistra's own realm of Dwemerhart. Magic ran wild on Toril as the weave was now uncontrolled and magical calamities befell the people during this event known as the Spell Plague. The deities Tyr, Lathander, and Soon allied together and imprisoned Sirik for his actions in his own realm. Sirik's sentence is 1,000 years long, and due to his seclusion, Sirik is said to be turning insane once more. With the events of the Second Sundering, Baal and Lyra reemerged as deities, and I have personally presumed that they took back their respective portfolios from Sirik at this time. Personality When he was initially raised up to godhood, Sirik was a neutral evil deity. Since he went mad, however, he became a chaotic evil deity and has maintained this alignment ever since. Sirik is deceitful, petty, and a megalomaniac with a fragile mind. He loves to speak in a sarcastic tone and has a sharp tongue. Sirik takes joy in telling lies and leading people astray. It is said that he drinks from a silver goblet which he fills with the tears of those whose lives he has ruined. Personal Realms With the different cosmological models used over the past editions, Sirik may be found in one of three planes. In the Great Wheel Cosmological Model, used in both 1st edition, 2nd edition, and now once again in 5th edition. After being raised to godhood, Sirik took up his position in Mercule's domain called the Bone Castle in Hades and renamed the city surrounding it the City of Strife. That was until he was kicked out of Hades by Kalemvor and an alliance of deities, lost a portfolio of death to Kalemvor, and retreated to his own realm on the plain of Pandemonium. Now, Sirik's personal realm is called the Shattered Castle, or the Castle of the Supreme Throne, on the layer of Coxitus, on the plane of Pandemonium. Pandemonium is a plane composed entirely of what seems to be an infinite cave system dug throughout a few layers that encompass the plane. Throughout Pandemonium, a constant gust of wind is heard and the vast majority of those who spend significant time here are driven mad from this unceasing wind. Whether the whales heard on the wind in Pandemonium are real or imagined is up to debate. The plane is also encompassed by an unnatural darkness. Even in some areas, the darkness is enough to absorb even magical light. Cossetus, the layer Sirik is on, experiences more piercing winds due to the smaller size of the tunnels here. What is most disturbing is that there are marks in the tunnels of Cossetus that can conclusively be said to be evidence that these tunnels were carved out. 
who carved them and to what end has been lost to time. The Great Tree Cosmological Model from 3rd Edition In this model, Sirk resides on a plane known simply as the Supreme Throne. Here the winds hallow constantly amidst a desolate plain where Sirk's shattered castle stands. Packs of howlers prowl outside the castle grounds. Slotty and other chaotic evil-aligned creatures can be found here. Those who die and come to reside with Sirk in this realm look much like they did during their mortal life, though they seem thinner and drawn out. Their insanity is plain to see just by looking into their eyes. Sirk plots up in the highest tower of his ruined castle and thinks his castle to be the finest that there ever was, despite its outward appearance. The World Axis Cosmological Model used in 4th edition. Sirk's plane in this cosmological model is simply called the Supreme Throne. It consists of nothing more than a desolate, windswept landscape where Sirk's crumbling keep now serves as his prison. Allies and Allegiances Sirk is not liked or favored by any deities and thus has no allies. Enemies Sirk has many enemies amongst the deities given his past actions. Chief amongst them are Mistra, Kalemvor, Ogma, Azuth, Mask, Tyr, Torm, Denir, Lyra, and Bane. Deity and Avatar Stat Blocks For 2nd edition, you can find the stat block for Sirik's avatar in Face and Avatars. Though keep in mind, this is his avatar stat block when he held a good number of portfolios under his control that he has since lost. For 3rd edition, you can find the stat block for Sirik as a deity and Sirik's avatar in Faiths and Pantheons. While in 3rd edition Sirk lost some number of portfolios he held in 2nd edition, he still retained portfolios from deities who have since reemerged. Symbols Sirk's holy symbol is that of a white skull missing its lower jaw in front of a purple or black sunburst. Central Dogma From Faiths and Pantheons 3rd edition supplement Death to all who oppose Sirik. Bow down before his supreme power and yield to him the blood of those that do not believe in his supremacy. Fear and obey those in authority, but slay those who are weak, of good persuasion, or false prophets. Battle against any and all clergy of other faiths, for they are false prophets and forces who oppose the one true way. Bring death to those who oppose Sirk's church or make peace, order, and laws, for only Sirk is the true authority, and all other authority must be subverted. Break not into open rebellion, for marching enemies move the false deities into action. Fell one foe at a time, and keep all folk afraid, uneasy, and in constant strife. Any method or means is justified, if it brings about the desired end. Presence of the Faith Worshippers of Syra can be found amongst those who are power-hungry, sadists, con-artists, and connivers. As a Faerunian pantheon deity, most of Syra's worshippers are humans. 
It is not unusual to find out that a corrupt ruler is themselves a worshipper of Sirach, or that they are supported by the Church of Sirach to some degree. The worshippers and clergy of Sirach are usually of a chaotic evil, chaotic neutral, or neutral evil alignment. Some who are not entirely devoted to Sirach may instead invoke his name when they wish to perform an evil deed without anyone knowing. The clergy look upon such individuals with disdain, but they are not opposed to using the less devout for furthering their own goals. A common saying when someone thinks Sirach and or the church is at work is to say a dark sun shines on or hangs above a given situation. While those outside the church of Sirach seem as nothing more than a deceitful and criminal deity, those in the church tend to hold a different viewpoint. Those loyal to Sirach see him as a regal figure who exudes a dark and powerful aura. It is taught that in every relationship, bonds will wither away and become corrupted eventually. The Church of Sirach is a hated organization throughout much of Faerun. The clergy and followers are bound to be up to evil plots at any location they may be found. Some clergy and worshippers support other evil organizations like the Cult of the Dragon, but only in small numbers. The followers of Sirach tend to travel all alone or within a small group. With the rampant mistrust in the ranks of the church, few if any place any trust in those who share the same faith. Most do not know how to operate effectively as a team. However, a powerful enough being in charge of a group may may be able to direct the group's focus out of sheer fear. The Church of Sirach has had a heavy influence in the Zentarum ever since Sirach ascended. With the return of Bane and the constant infighting amongst the members of the different faiths, Sirach's hold over the organization has waxed and waned. The Skull and Sunburst are still found to be worn by several members, the most important be the Paraghost. Hierarchy and Structure of the Clergy The clergy of Sirach are known collectively as strife leaders. The rank structure of the Syracist clergy is always in a state of flux. New ranks are drawn up only for those at those ranks to be undone by their lessers in plots and deceptions. These members then establish their own ranks, and the vicious cycle continues. Sirach has not declared anyone in particular head of his church and clearly is fine with the infighting present within his church. Powerful clerics usually are the heads of different arms of the faith, but other powerful individuals in other classes also may be in charge elsewhere. Some titles that have been heard around Sirach's temples, though, are Dark Master, Hand of Sirach, Watchful Skull, and the Dread Death. Each temple's leader is determined by who within the temple holds enough power and influence over the other clergy members. This fosters a lot of suspicion and paranoia whereby temple leaders tend to make use of spells and magic items to protect themselves against those beneath them. The church is its own worst enemy at many times, as temples see themselves as rivals in faith. It is not unusual for one temple to declare another heretical, like that scene between the Syracists from the Mountain of Skulls Temple against those from the Twin Towers of the Eternal Eclipse. Sirach is as much to blame for this infighting amongst his clergy. He reportedly speaks to opposing clergy members, 
providing them with conflicting messages. Responsibilities and Duties of the Clergy and Worshippers The clergy of Sirach are tasked with going out and eliminating those who oppose Sirach. Whether that be clergy of deities who oppose Sirach or other Sirach worshipping cells that they believe to be heretical. Murder, theft, strong-arming, blackmail, and deception are just some of the evil acts clergy members get involved in. These tactics are utilized to drum up fear of Sirach. And from that fear, hopefully the lay people choose to convert to the worship of Sirach. Some temples have been known to take in converts, and clergy then indoctrinate these converts into becoming zealots who often perish in suicidal missions against enemies of the Church of Sirach. These individuals are then heralded as martyrs. Sirisists reach out to evil-aligned monsters and provide them with healing magic and other services. This is done in the hopes of bringing more powerful beings into the fold of Sirach's influence, but also to have strong members to fight off the, enemy, the many enemies of the church. Orders and Priestly Bodies The company of the Ebon Spur was an order Sirach called to be created by his church. After a rocky start, the order now specifically targets rival churches and clergy. They are a fanatical group of warriors who favor spiked armor and weapons. The leaders of this company are known as the Spur Lords. These Spur Lords have the ability to channel magic granted to them by Sirach. Spur Lords operate under the belief that through their zealotry, that they will be rewarded one day as saints in the church and servants who directly serve Sirach out in the outer plains. The Flames of the Dark Sun are a body of assassins formed in Am and based out of the Mountain of Skulls Temple. Appearance and Dress the clergy of Sirach favor black or dark purple in their dress. Usually their clothing also features silver trim work. They wear silver bracelets adorned with Sirach's holy symbol. These bracelets are worn symbolically to represent their imprisonment and captivity alongside their deity. On holy days, some clergy will paint the symbol of Sirach on their foreheads or on their cheeks. The priests of Sirach are quite capable with disguises and make good use of them. They will dress to match their task. They are quite capable in concealing weapons and armor beneath their disguises. However, if they are tasked with intimidating a target, they are fond of using spiked armor and helmets. Illusion magic is also utilized, though access to it may not be as great as it once was before Lyra returned and reclaimed a portfolio of illusions from Sirach. Rituals Clerics of Sirach pray for their spells, usually after the moon first appears in the night sky. Sirach's church does not celebrate any holy days on the calendar. Rather, they will hold in an impromptu holy day when they capture an item of great power or capture someone of great standing from a rival faith. Such days are called a day of the dark sun. The captor, captured individual is usually sacrificed in Sirach's name. Solar eclipses are seen as a holy event. During this time of veneration of the dark sun, feasts are held, prayers are made, and sacrifices are offered up. Ideally, clergy of Sirach will attempt to capture someone in service to Lathander to offer up as sacrifice. Defeated enemies of other faiths are welcome to convert to Sirach's faith before perishing. 
though if they wish to convert faithfully in the eyes of Syriac's clergy, they must go through torture and perform evil rites. General Locations of Temples and Shrines Syriac's church is widespread and has independent cells in every city. There is little to no communication amongst the cells as each one is its own independent faction. The church has no governing body in place of governance. In order to keep their presence unknown, due to the hate for Syriac and his church, Syracis will typically not build new shrines or temples openly. Rather, they will make use of existing structures such as abandoned houses, dungeons, sewers, or caves to set up their places of worship. All temples of Syriac have a bloodied sacrificial altar where priests and clerics slaughter their victims and praise. Such bloody sacrifices are said to be necessary by the clergy so that Syriac takes notice of the prayers they offer up to him. Specific Locations of Shrines and Temples The Church of Syriac acts openly and prominently in Om. The citizens of Om do not view Syriac's faith with as much suspicion and animosity as other regions in Faerun. The Church is paid off by merchants who know it's best to avoid the wrath the Church can inflict on those who do not pay up. Syriac's faith is also widely present in the Nalanther Isles, Moonsea, and Romandin as well. One of the main and named Syracis temples is the Mountain of Skulls found in the Cloud Peaks, a mountain range in northern Alm. Another temple, the Dark Redoubt, can be found in the Tijarn Hills. Another Omnian temple to Syriac, the Towers of the Eternal Eclipse, comprises two towers separated by five miles, but these towers are connected by an underground tunnel. These towers can be found in the Small Teeth mountain range. Deep in the woods of Cormanthir lies the Dark Watch. Here the dead god Moander perished and opened up a rift in the forest floor eons ago. An evil magic still emanates from the Dark Watch, turning any wild animal that comes close to it mad. The clergy of Syriac have been known to come and relish in this dark energy, though they cannot remain for too long in fear of the dark energies wreaking havoc on their own minds. Borskir Bridge is not a temple, but it is a holy site for the Syracis. Here Syriac killed Baal with God's bane during the time of troubles. While I was unable to find out why the statues to Baal and Syriac were initially erected at either end of the bridge, followers of Mistra did tear them down. Merchants fearing the possible attention of either of the evil deities collected the funds necessary to put up even greater statues to the deities at either end once again. Black Feather Bridge is venerated in the same manner since it was here that Syriac killed Lyra. The Dark God Reformed is the temple to Syriac in Vunlar where it openly competes with the temple to Shanti. The following are known named temples to Syriac. The Fist of the Future in Hill's Edge. In the Dark Sun and Lork, though this temple likely lies in ruin alongside the town due to a stone giant attack. Rumors of the Church of Syriac's presence have been heard in Ermlapspur, Waterdeep, and Featherdale. A known shrine to Syriac can be found in Tantris. Character Options 
For second edition, the Strife Leader, the Syriac-specific specialty priest, can be found in the Faiths and Pantheon supplement. The Purifier and the Sword are two Syriac-specific priests found in the Warriors and Priests of the Realm supplement. For third edition, the Strife Leader Prestige class can be found in the Faiths and Pantheon supplement. The Initiate of Syriac Feet can be found in the Player's Guide to Faerun supplement. And the Spur Lord Prestige class can be found in the Lords of Darkness supplement. Continuing my trend of building backgrounds for those who worship given deities, here are my suggested characteristics for a Syracist worshipper background. For your two skill proficiencies, I recommend taking Intimidation and Deceptions. For your language and tool proficiencies, I would take the Disguise Kit and one language of your choice. For your equipment, I would take the Holy Symbol and the Criminal's Equipment, though swapping out the Crowbar for the Holy Symbol. And finally, for your feature, I would take the, char- the Charlatan's False Identity, though to reflavor it to be more in line with the Church of Syric. Here are a list of subclasses that I think would be thematically appropriate for a NPC or PC to take if they are a worshipper of Syric. Again, this isn't by any means a definitive list where I tell you that one option is better than any others. It's just a list of subclasses from the various classes that I think are thematically appropriate, and you definitely can choose your own if you find it more fitting. For the Barbarian, I think the Path of the Berserker would be a good choice. For the Bard, the College of Whispers, which can be found in Xanthar's Guide to Everything. The Cleric, the Trickery Domain definitely works, but I also believe the War Domain would also be suitable for Syrix Clerics. For the Fighter, the Champion Fighter from the Player's Handbook. For the Monk, the Way of Shadows, also in the Player's Handbook. The Ranger, a hunter ranger who goes out after targets for the Church of Sirk also can be found in the Player's Handbook. For Rogue, well, a lot of the different subclasses from Rogue could work. So you have the Thief, the Assassin, and the Arcane Trickster from the Player's Handbook. Uh, the Mastermind, which is both in uh, the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide and the Xanthar's Guide to Everything. And finally, the Inquisitive Rogue, which can be found in Xanthar's Guide to Everything. And to round out this list, the Wizard, the School of Enchantment Wizard, or the School of Illusion Wizard, which are both found in the Player's Handbook. Dungeon Master Options Two particular monsters associated with Syric are the Banalar and Black Unicorn. Banalars are lawful evil creatures who once served Bane until Syric gained his profile during the Time of Troubles. After Bane came back, Many Banalar returned to the surface of Bane, though some still held out in service, in service of Syric. Black unicorns were created by the Red Wizards of Thay. Many evil soldiers who worship Syric ride these mounts in the Thayan forces. In particular, the Sisters of Syric are a regiment of black unicorn riders composed entirely of female clerics of Syric. There is no official 5th edition stat block for the Banalar or Black Unicorn, but you can find their stat blocks in the Monsters of Faerun supplement for 3rd edition. For 5th edition monsters associated with Syric, from the Monster Manual, I would take a look at Nightmares, the Slotty, the Cambians, the Chimera, 
the Succubi and the Incubi. And for Mordecai's Tome of Foes, I would look at the Howler. For your NPC stat blocks, in the Monster Manual, I would take a look at the Acolyte, though with appropriate spells slopped in, the Assassin, the Bandit, the Bandit Captain, the Berserker, the Knight, the Priest, though just like the Acolyte swapping in appropriate spells, the Spy, the Thug, and the Veteran. From Volo's Guide to Monsters, I would take a look at the Blackguard, the Champion, the Enchanter, the Illusionist, and finally the Warlord. Magic Items While featured in the Lords of Darkness supplement for 3rd edition, the Skullblade magic item can feature in your 5th edition games easily. Skullblades are simply plus one longswords that bear the symbol of Cirque on both hilt and blade. Those who wish to keep the faith unknown will wrap the hilt to cover the symbol of Cirque. The mark on the blade is easily hidden within the blade's sheath. Where the Serenishad lies to this day is unknown. While it enchants someone to the point of blind devotion towards Cirrhic, it is also said to drive the reader insane. The text in this book is said to be ever-changing. Much like Cirrhic's own magical longsword, Razor's Edge, it is not surprising to learn that longswords are a favored weapon of those in service to Cirrhic. While not every magic weapon won from or given from the Faith of Cirrhic need be a longsword, the Church of Cirrhic likely holds a lot of magical longswords in their possession. Now just to end this section, here's a list of the magic items I think would be appropriate from 5th edition supplements. So from the Dungeon Master's Guide, I would take a look at the Berserker Axe, the Cloak of Invisibility, the Crystal Ball, and its many variants, the Dagger of Venom, the Dust of Disappearance, the Hat of Disguise, the Mace of Terror, Helm of Telepathy, Medallion of Thoughts, Potion of Invisibility, Potion of Mind Reading, Potion of Poison, Ring of Invisibility, Ring of Mind Shielding, Sword of Life Stealing, Sword of Wounding, the Wand of Fear, the Wand of Paralysis, and plus one to plus three versions of the Longsword. From Xanathar's Guide to Everything, I would take a look at the boots, the boots of False Tracks and the Treadhelm. And alright, with that, I'd like to thank you once again for listening to Religion in the Realms. If you are interested in keeping up with the release of future episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow the podcast Twitter account at Realms Religion. These podcasts are also uploaded to YouTube as well. The podcast YouTube channel can be found under Religion in the Realms. If you wish to get in touch with me directly, my personal Twitter is at Shiv's Embrace, or you can now send an email to realmsreligion at gmail.com, all lowercase. For those interested, I have posted a link in the video description to a Discord server I have set up. For audio listeners, you can find a link to the invite pinned on the podcast Twitter page. Next episode will be on Aldath, deity of peace, stillness, and groves. Until next time, may Timora look kindly upon your dice rolls. Helm protect you, and Lathander let your path.
Music for this episode, Malicious, by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.